coming to you from the pit in Arroyo Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Pitmaster and the Doc. John, good yeah, to see you, brother. Good to see you. We're this Pitmaster here. That's the Doc. We call him the Doc because he's a doctor. That's they call me Pitmaster because I'm the Pitmaster. Yeah. No, but some people call you call doctors and they're not really doctors. They say, hey, what's up, Doc? You know. Well, I got my master's and my PhD in, in poli-sci or English lit, and I'm a doctor now. Or, you know, and I'm the pit master, and some people like to claim that title. I don't let them. I have a trademark. But anyway, all right, let's talk about this. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk a lot about UFC 222. There, there, there was a bunch going on in that fight. But let's start off on one of the prelims. Um, and it was controversial. To say the least, um, Hector Lombard against CB Dalloway. Now, CB Dalloway threw a kick right at the bell, and Hector countered right away with a quick one too. I mean, it was like pop pop. It was like it was not like it was just like he got kicked. The referee, the bell rang, bing, and he came back with a one two. He got disqualified for that. Um, I put it out on 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 uh, on Twitter. I did a survey, and thirty eight percent think that he was okay um, within within the realm of fairness, and he shouldn't have been disqualified. Um, but with that said, that's you know that's uh, that's fifty eight. Wait, was fifty eight? I think fifty eight percent thought he was. Um, should have been disqualified. So, the majority thinks he should have been disqualified. And he was. And he was. Um, I don't. I don't think. I think... First of all, I don't think CB could lose that fight. I don't who, think Who was the ref in there? Was it Herb Dean? No, it wasn't Herb Dean. It was some... I, I forget his name. No, it was not Herb Dean. Um, I don't think he... I don't think there's a way that C.B. Dalloway could have won that fight because he actually got hit after the bell. So just the fact that he got hit after the bell means there's no way he could have lost that fight. You can't lose a fight by a foul. With that said, I don't think it was a deliberate foul, and I don't think it was a, like egregious, like, you know, blatant disregard, you know, purpose, intent. I don't think it was that. It wasn't like Dalloway was walking back to his corner. No, and he ran in like like Million Dollar Baby. Yeah, did you watch that movie? Yeah, that's what happened. And it's happened in boxing matches. It's happened in MMA fights. I mean, it's happened a few times. It wasn't that wasn't the case here. He got kicked, and right away he responded with a counter. He countered that kick with a quick one too. The bell had just rung. There was no time for anything. It was like bell rang. So it was like, bing. It was, it was a half a second. The whole thing was over within a half second after the bell rang. Um, so I don't think he should have been disqualified. I think it should have been a no contest. I don't think C.B. Dalloway should have lost that fight. 
But I do not think Hector Hector Lombard should have been disqualified. I think it should have been uh, uh, no contest. Um, I've seen it before, um, and I don't think like like I said. Sometimes people turn around and the guy comes after him after the bell. I mean, it wasn't anything like that, so I don't think it was. But more people are saying that he should have been disqualified, and and I think it's because part of it is because. Uh, he does have a little reputation of being a bad boy. I think he's been popped for, I think, steroids before, um, which does or doesn't have something to do with it. I think it does a little bit. Um, but I think in this case, it should have been a no contest instead of a, uh, instead of a uh, disqualification. You, you agree? I agree. Um, I don't think it looked that bad, and I think, I think he knew he did it right after it happened. Like, he kind of walked away like, whoops, I don't know that that was good, but, and I don't know that he went over to check on C.V. Dalloway either, so I don't know, you know, how it figures in, you know, the sportsman-like conduct, but yeah. I personally feel he was being attacked right at the bell. It's probably instinct to counter. It wasn't like he was just hitting him after the bell, so I didn't think it was that egregious personally I don't, I don't know and i i think it's very controversial though it but. is and it's i'm sure it's going to be talked about more um i i thought looking at it you didn't think so but that he almost like put his guard down like the horn went off so it was over and then he got tagged maybe not maybe he still had his guard up and he just got through it um yeah. but it is interesting to bring up the point and i don't know where this stems from but the ref always says protect yourself at all times and you kind of you know because the fight you know, in an end like that, you don't know what's going to happen. So no, whether it was whether the bell rang or not, he was he got he would have got hit the same the exact same. The bell didn't have anything to do with that. I I would bet a lot of money. Um, I think he got countered off of his kick and it landed. I think it landed through his hands, um, and I think he got KO'd. He could not continue. Um, so there's no way they could have done anything. They couldn't have given a five-minute rest. They couldn't, I mean, the fight was over the, la the second it landed. Uh, but I, I don't think it was as blatant as fouls that I've seen in the past. Recent, that, the recent past. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, we've talked about them in this show. There have been eye gouges and other things. So I don't know. I, I personally didn't like the disqualification. I didn't either. I, I think it should have been. But, but I mean... But, I mean, I think the way Hector walked away was because, boom, boom, he knew he just knocked the guy out. It was, they call that a walk-away knockout. It's like what, it's what Mark Hunt does in half of his fights. He knocks the guy out and then turns around and walks away. Um, you can't, I mean, you check on your guy later, but you can't, like, you know, go over and finish him. I mean, you, you could do that. But once he's out, I mean, it's already, done, it's already a done deal. And he knew he was out. So if he went over there, I, I don't know what he would have done. I think he was just making a point like, pop up, I just knocked him out and he walked away. And then I think it clicked. Oh, shit, the bell rang. Oh, well. But then he got the disqualification. There's no way he could have that, won that fight. That would be unfair. That would be, like, crazy unfair. But I think he should have had a non-contest. No contest. Like, if somebody gets fouled in a fight, like his eye gouge. If somebody gets eye gouged, whether it's deliberate or not, you can't lose that fight. And I've seen that happen. Um, 
So I don't think I. I just think it should have been a no contest. But they, well, you've been in the ring, so do you always hear the bell or the buzzer or the horn or whatever? Not the buzzer all the time, and I've never fought UFC level, especially a pay per view event where it's that loud. But I think he heard it, and it's it's a pretty loud fucking beep. It's a loud it's a loud horn. So I'm sure he heard it, but I think he was in motion. I don't think. Like people said, well, he didn't even throw the first punch. The bell land, uh, the bell uh, sounded at the kick, but I think as soon as that kick was even getting close, I think Hector was planning the combo, and I think I think it was in motion. If not in motion physically, I think it was in motion in his head, and I don't think he could have stopped it in time. I agree. So, I, I agree. Right. So. We're in agreement. But Bing. Bing. That's the first time we've been in agreement about anything ever. All right. Well, it was a good one to be in yeah. agreement about. All right. So. So that was a prelim fight. Main card had five fights. Yeah. Here's, you, you watch all these? Yeah. Kat, Kat Zangano against uh, Caitlin uh, Vieira. Um, very one-sided. And, and, and Kat just kept coming and, and showing her toughness and skill. She has a lot of skill, a lot of toughness. But to me, this fight was all about size. I just think they look like complete different weight classes. And I don't think Kat could have done anything um, effectively because I think I think Caitlin was just uh, um, was just too big. Too big and too strong. And she like manhandled her woman handler but i think that was the number one factor in that fight i think if they were the same size and it's weird that they weren't because they're the same weight class but i think the size difference meant everything and i think uh i think cat singano had as much skill and as much um hard and as much everything but i think it all was down to size that's i mean that's the only thing. I mean, if I if I could do like a sensei UFC and like give the strategy of both both camps, um, I think um, it was just it was just the size. It was just there's nothing she. I mean, the only way Cat could have won that fight, I think, was just stay outside and use, you know, the smaller person usually has more speed and just in and out like a, like John Dobson did. I think I think that's all she could have done, and I think she lost because of size, but she showed. Um, she showed a tremendous amount of heart. So that's that's all I gotta say. All right, the next fight was uh, Struve, seven foot tall, uh, fighter against Arlovsky. So I had a problem with this fight only because there was an eye poke. I think there were a couple eye pokes, and the doctor came in and they booed the doctor, the crowd. <laughs> I was really offended by that. <laughs> that was my takeaway from this fight. The poor doctor comes in there, the crowd boos. <laughs> Anyway, what did you think of this fight? Um, as a fight, as a spectator, I don't think it was a good fight. It was kind of boring. Um, I think I think Arlovsky changing camps. Um, usually it's not really a good thing. Usually guys don't come back. I mean, statistically, I don't think people usually, when they, they make change camps, you know, it's, it's usually not a good sign. But unless, like, he moved or something else... But he looked better this fight. I mean, he looked better than he has recently. Um, he had some really good combinations. His hands looked really good. 
Um, his his take takedowns. I mean, it just looked good. He looked he looked good. Um, but who's getting? Wait, who's getting? Because they went back and forth with the eye pokes. First, right? Arlovsky got eye poked a couple times, and uh, then he came back with one. Right, and Struve's like you know apologized to him, said it wasn't intentional, and then he got poked and said he couldn't see. He told uh, he told the referee, "I can't see. I see white or something." So that required the doctor to come in and look at his eye. Um, to booze, but he required the doctor to come in because he said he couldn't see. Then he said he was fine. He said he could see, and he and then he he didn't seem to have a problem the rest of the fight with that. Wow, huh, yeah, it was kind of. I mean, it was an okay fight. It just Arlovsky was a little too big, too strong, too fast. I mean, that's he wasn't too big, and I'm just saying that like in a fighting way. He was big, too big, too strong, too fast. I mean, just beat him. Had a little of everything. Do you think Struve used his assets, his seven foot tall frame, and he's got, nah. he had to have a huge reach advantage? Yeah, he had a seven inch reach advantage. No, he does, and he doesn't very often. Look what he, look at Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt was like four foot eight and knocked him out. So he he tends to uh, get in there and slug it out and bang a little more. He doesn't use his reach as much as he probably should. He has long limbs and he should use them more and use more of a. They use more angles and stuff, and he's he's willing to just kind of get in there and kind of bang in a sloppy way. And the shorter, stronger guy then has the advantage, and and I think that's how he loses. But when he does use his advantage, which he should, is is his height is is his advantage and his length, and he just I don't think he used it at all. So it's kind of a boring fight, but I like seeing Arlovsky come back really strong, and you know nobody really got hurt. So it was kind of a sleeper, but whatever. Yeah, I agree. All right, the next one was O'Malley, who has been in like two UFC fights, and he's on the main card of a pay-per-view against, you can say his name, Yeah, Andre. Sukumtoff. 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 Yeah. So O'Malley's this up-and-coming guy that he's got a lot of hype behind him. Yeah, he got a lot of hype and a lot of attitude. Um, I think he's good. Um. I don't think, um, I don't know. I'm not quite as impressed. Like, I think he's kind of like uh, um, Sage, you know, um, you know, with the hype. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, he had a lot of flashy stuff, and he does well. I just, I don't know. To me, there's something missing. There's something missing right now. Um but he fought a guy who's, you know, 12 and 5 coming in and and he was kind of a slugger, but he has good skill. So Sean was winning the fight for the most part. And then the last round, he like hurts his foot on the inside of this guy's leg. Probably kicks him in the knee or something. And he can't he's like hobbling, but the guy takes him down and takes the fight to the ground. It looked almost like I'm not saying it was planned, but it looked planned because why would the guy want to go to the ground and then stay on the ground because if the guy stood back up and told the referee stand him up because once somebody stands up and backs off the referee has to stand up the other guy and i don't think uh i think sean would have lost and i'm sure this guy saw and felt that he hurt his foot and he saw him the way he was hobbling. It was pretty obvious. Yeah, and then and then he went like, go to the ground to finish the fight there. More, I think, like two times they did. He took him down or brought it to the ground. 
which was weird. He had to have seen he that O'Malley to. was hurt. So that was really bizarre. It was like a, it was like a really stupid move, really terrible strategy, or he didn't see it, and he had to have. So it's like just a really dumb strategy. All he had to do was stand up and win the fight. Because O'Malley couldn't even stand up for the interview. So obviously he wouldn't be able to stand up for the fight. So if this guy, Andre, just took one step back and the referee stood him up, he would have won. Because this guy was hopping on one foot. Obviously he said he broke his foot. He couldn't stand on it. So that was it was kind of weird to me. What did you think of him laying on the mat for an interview? Have you ever seen that before? I don't know. I might have. but <laughs> It was, it was, it was a, a little weird, but... Uh, it, was, it was dramatic. I mean, he was, he, he could have stood up or he could have leaned on his trainer or something. But that was, I mean, it's definitely, a, he likes to play the drama and he wants to be like, you know, come on down here and interview me down here, my foot. You know, he could have stood up. I mean, looking at John Jones after a, one of his brutal fights, his toe was like bleeding and had a compact pound fracture in his toe. And he was like, he, he felt sick to his stomach because he's looking at his own toe, like, bleeding and, like, dislocated. But he did the interview standing. I mean, he could have stood. And that was just kind of weird. But I think for entertainment purposes, especially in the first round, O'Malley threw a lot of spinning techniques. He's feigning a lot. He's fat. He was, he's, I don't know you call it flashy, but he's entertaining to watch him fight. I, 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 I look forward to seeing him fight again. I think he's an entertaining fighter. He's entertaining. I just, I just think... There's something fishy because if Andre stood up, he would have won the fight. And I'm sure he knew that. But for some reason, he kept it on the ground. Yeah, it was an interesting end to that fight. And all, all O'Malley had to do was hang on because he won the first two rounds yeah. probably. So yeah, he just he needed that. to ride it out on the ground or so, whatever. It was bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, let's see him next time. I don't think he broke his foot either. I saw, I, look, I tried to look it up and he said his foot wasn't broken. So. Oh. Remain, right. remains to be seen. So this was the main fight here. Yeah. Or one main. of the main fights. Well, yeah. Frankie it should, Edgar. It should have been the main. Right. And uh, Frankie Edgar and Brian Ortega. So Frankie Edgar was supposed to fight for the championship. Holloway, right? yeah. Was supposed to fight Max. Holloway had to pull out. And what most fighters would have done is just say, well, I'll wait for Frankie to get better. I want to fight for the title. That's what most fighters would have said. But Frankie Edgar said, no, fuck that. I just want to fight. I'll fight the best hot, you know, up-and-coming, undefeated guy who's fucking choking out everyone. Shit, I'll fight him. He'll, he's a fighter. He'll, he'll fight no matter what. And he did. And he, he took a gamble and he lost. He lost in the first round, There's I think. There's a pretty big size difference in these guys, too. That was another one that... Um, they look like different weight classes in the They ring. did. I didn't think it was quite as... Um, distinct as as uh, the girl fight, but I, I this was another one of those fights where they just looked like two completely different weight classes, and uh, and I think it uh, he got tagged, he got tagged with a, a left elbow, and he was pretty much out on his feet, and 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 Brian took a step back and threw an uppercut and just actually lifted him off his feet. It lift it lifted Frankie off his feet. And he just kind of like fell backwards. He was done. That and was a clean uppercut. That was unbelievable. Yeah, that yeah. was very clean. Um, so the next thing that was like that was like Buster Douglas Mike Tyson uppercut. Yeah, that was a highlight reel footage. Yeah. So um, so the interesting thing is instead of Frankie Edgar fighting Max Holloway, 
you know, I think it's going to be Brian Ortega fighting Max Holloway yeah, for the yeah. championship. It, pr- it probably will. And, and that and that should be a pretty good fight. It should. And it, it, tell, it shows what a tough motherfucker uh, Frank Yeager is. I mean, he's just like, I fuck the title. I just want to fight. I mean, that's a, that's a fighter. As somebody that's not worried about politics or, or the game or, or, or positioning, he just said, fight, I'll fight anyone. And he didn't just like fight some, some like tomato can guy that they're going to put in, in place just to keep him sharp, like, you know, like they do in boxing. I mean, he fought like the toughest up and coming guy around. He just said, I'll take him, I'll fight anyone. That shows what kind of fighter Frank Yeager is. Yeah. You should have him on the show. You can work on that. Yeah. Um, so that was the main fight, and then they had another fight. Yeah. Uh, Why was I this don't the main event? I didn't understand this fight, but Chris Cyborg against uh, Kunitskaya. Which, Who? Yeah. Well, exactly. I don't know. I could say her name, but um, so she's her first fight in the UFC fighting Chris Cyborg. So a little bit weird, and also weird to me that this is the main event on a pay per view, um, which means they just can't find anyone for Chris Cyborg to fight. No. No, I mean they can't. I mean, I mean, it's, it's pretty, weird because one forty-five. There's plenty of one forty-five chicks. I mean, but I guess in the UFC they they have a hard time with one forty-fivers. I don't know. Well, I, the the and then this is going to be the question: is who does she fight next, or who do they find that people are going to want to see? But in this fight, it was a pretty one-sided fight. It was very one-sided. It was it was a it was just it was nothing. It was like the first punch that Chris landed. Which was in like ten seconds in, I think. She's pretty accurate. You knew, and so did uh, Yana. Knew she was done, and she didn't even try. I well, mean, I think she got knocked down and somehow turned that into a takedown by yeah. grabbing Chris, and grabbing then, Cyborg's foot, which I think was more of a happenstance type of a thing. Um, and she did some clinching, and she just wanted to hold on because she knew as soon as they separated, it was over, and she knew that she was holding on for dear life. And the second they separated. Chris Cyborg did did what she does uh, best, knock the fuck out of people. The fact that she's willing to get in the ring, though. Who? Yana. Kunis yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, okay, the, here's the difference. With with uh, Frankie Edgar, he, he's, he's lined up for a title shot. It's his. He's got something on the line. He has something on the line, so he could have very easily just said, I don't want to fight anyone right now. I want to... Or they could have picked and choose... A little somebody a little less dangerous. This guy is unbelievable dangerous, uh, Brian Ortega. But he, so he could have picked and choose, uh, you know, somebody else, or just said, "I'll wait for the title." And that's what most guys would have said. With Yana, for them to say, "Come on into the UFC, you're gonna fight right away for the title on a pay per view main event," there's no way in hell she could have said no. So I mean, there's no way she would have said no. That was like. They just handed her everything on a silver platter. Yeah, she was gonna lose, but they still, gave her still a scary prospect to get it. Very scary. Very scary. But, but you're right, nothing to lose other than the fight. But but uh, that's a scary uh, prospect to get in the ring. That was pretty dominant performance by Chris Cyborg. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, she's unbelievable. So she's the, the question is, well, who do they put her against that people want to pay money to watch her fight? Amanda Nunez, that's all there is, but I don't think anybody can touch. I think she's in such a league on her own. What weight is Amanda Nunez? Thirty-five. Got, yeah, so she's got to come up. Yeah, she's got to gain ten pounds. Because Chris Cyborg is not. Ten gonna... pounds is a lot of weight. Because Chris Cyborg is coming down to forty-five. 
So that's like, it'll be a, a whole different weight class. And she's just a whole different, she's like, no, yeah, she's, she's unbelievable. And she has a great coach. Um, Maybe they could fight at a catch weight to 140 yeah. or something. Yeah, she has a great coach and she has, uh, she has, um, she has Tito in her camp and, and she's got a really good camp and uh, they do honey, really good. Fight, she fights yeah. Huntington Beach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jason is a great coach. I work with him on uh, Ultimate Fighter. And and Tito, I mean, Tito is, I mean, he's like a legend and he knows so much about MMA. And so, I mean, she's really got a really good groove going right now. So I, I, I look for her to be around for a while. And, and she's, she's such a nice person. <laughs> she really is. Like, people are saying horrendously mean things to her you know, about her, you know, she looks like a man, she just terrible things, I mean, just because she's knocking people out, I mean, she does, she doesn't badmouth anyone, she's just nice and sweet, and knocks the shit out of people, then hugs them, and talks to the crowd, and she's just a nice, decent person, and they've been fucking terrible to her, and she just smiles and keeps going, so I, I, I really, I'm a huge fan of Chris Cyborg. Me too. I hope they can find someone. You know, that's another thing too. You watch these fights and they have to really try to hype the person fighting. You know, like it's going to be a fight. And I don't know. It's just... It, so, that's it's, it. That's it. That's all we got to say on that fight. But, all right, this is, this is my lesson right here. Okay, check this out. Um, the the um, Everybody remembers the Anderson Silva fight with Chris Weedman when he broke his leg. Almost all, this is for you guys out there, you martial artists out there, almost all leg breaks from leg kicks come from the leg kicker, not the kicky, which is weird. When you check someone's leg kick, it hurts the leg kicker more than it hurts you most of the time, okay? And most leg breaks, which you've seen like Tyrone Sprawl or Sprawn, um, uh, and you've seen... Um, Silva, you've seen Anderson Silva, and, and there's been a few, but it's almost always, almost always, I'd say 99% of the time, the kicker that ends up getting hurt. And it's almost always, not always, but it's almost always on inside leg kicks because there's too much bones on the inside of the leg. And when someone turns their leg in and they hit their, their, their shin against your knee, the shin's going, the knee's not. So to me, the risk is not worth the reward for inside leg kicks. For you guys out there, if you want to do inside foot-to-foot -foot sweeps, inside leg sweeps, which I love and we do a lot of, that's one thing. But trying to hurt someone's inside leg, you're going to hurt your leg more than you're going to kick hurt theirs. The chances are too great. In the cage, we saw what happened to Anderson Silva. You got a referee there, he's going to break it up. You got a broken leg, that's terrible. In the street, there's no referee. So in the street, and that happens to you, somebody's just gonna do terrible things to you because you got a broken leg, you can't move. So my, my, my recommendation to you guys is stay away from inside leg kicks. Outside leg kicks work really well, and inside leg sweeps work good, but I would stay away from uh, inside leg kicks. They seem to be hurting the kicker, more than the kicky, even more now, because people are learning how to 
check them for the street or MMA as opposed to Muay Thai. It's a whole different game in Muay Thai. There was more back leg kicks in Muay Thai. They would actually attack the back leg. In wrestling, in, in MMA, there isn't that because of the wrestling and, and the proximity. So people go for the front leg more and they're breaking their leg and they're hurting their leg. So that's my, that's my tip of the week. Um, what else we got? We're going to talk about the next, next card. Yeah, the next card's not until March 17th, so it's a week and a half or two okay. weeks. So we got, for, I don't even know, oh, okay, Vol, oh, Volkov is fighting, okay. And, and Verdum. Yeah, Verdum, okay. That should be an interesting fight. Who else is on that card? Huh. Yeah, it's interesting. It's weird that there's a main card, but who's, who else we got? We got, uh, who's this, Manawa? Yeah. So we got Manawa against Jan Blanc. Okay, that's a good one. I might have to go with Manawa on that one. Uh, and then you got... Uh, oh, this is the guy that fought... Uh, Tarion. Yeah, Tarion. That's the guy that lost to... Uh, what's his name? Mal uh, the guy that just... Sean. O'Malley? Yeah, O'Malley. He's the, one that, he's the one that lost to him in his first fight. He's pretty tough, though, so they're giving him another fight. That's good. Because uh, a lot of times the UFC can drop you after one loss. That's usually in the contract. I'm not saying they're going to every time, but they can. I'm not really crazy about this card. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I love to watch. Uh, I do love to watch Verdum fight. So uh, that's. I mean, and Manawa is always interesting because he's a he's a knockout guy. He's gonna go get him. So Manawa is gonna be really interesting to watch. And uh, so that's two out of the who's on the who's on the prelims. Uh, Charles Bird, okay. Uh, no. No. Uh, anyway, okay, so we got two fights. I'm not really that... It could be the best card ever. Sometimes these fights, though, turn out to yeah. be great. Yeah, and that's true. That's really true. This could be a great card, but on paper, it's not. But we're going to watch it because we watch them all so we can talk to you guys about them. And I watch them all so I can do my Sensei UFC for you guys, teach you guys techniques that I've seen in the UFC. And I take it and I make it how it's going to work for you. And then that's what my Sensei UFC on my YouTube is about. But on paper, this card is a sleeper. Sometimes those are great, though. We'll Let's see. hope so. We'll yeah. see. I, I'm, I'm not going to chance it. Um, Maybe too, if your expectations are low, you're going to enjoy the fights. But we are going to watch it because we're going to talk about it. And this is our podcast. We're committed to do this to be, for you guys every week. And I'm, I'm committed to show you Sensei UFC because I want you guys to be the best martial artists that you can be. And we want you to be the most informed martial artists you can be. Anyway, if you guys got any questions, uh, comment on this Facebook Comment or SoundCloud. If you're watching on SoundCloud, send a comment. If you ask us any question about MMA, UFC, martial arts, or sports medicine, orthopedic surgery, or relationship advice, ask us and we will tell you. We're like the expert on all of those subjects. Definitely. And uh, we're on iTunes too, SoundCloud. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. So check it out. So check or share us out. it with somebody. Share, share this. We need to get this out more because we're we're that good. Sorry, uh, Joe Rogan, we're coming for you. Thanks for coming. All right, John. Good to see you, brother. 
No, I'm gonna follow her. We're live. Okay, ready? Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready? 